0: Out here in the perimeter, there are no stars. Out here, we is stoned, immaculate. Jim, you can dream on. Anyway, hello, this is David Esau. This is The C86 Show. Um, I've just been going through some archives and thinking I should somehow sort them out. In fact, I should archive them. Well, I've been going through interviews and uh, some random mixes. Anyway, this is one that I did with Barry Miles at an exhibition that was taking place at the V&A titled So You Want a Revolution. This is me, this is the legend that is Barry Miles. Barry, take it away. So Barry, guess, could you just tell us a bit about this exhibition that we're looking at at the moment?
1: Uh, well, I was first approached um, I suppose for the underground press end of it and, uh, and the, counter- the British sort of countercultural end. Also, probably for, uh, for my address book. I suppose, right. Because I was able to put them in touch with. Quite a lot of people, even in America. Yeah. But uh, I never really had a an idea of quite what what a huge scope they were aiming for initially. Anyway. Yes. And uh, I think they've pulled it off because the thing about the the sixties it wasn't just rock and roll. Even though it was the period when rock moved well, when Rock was created. I mean, before the sixties popular music was basically a, 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 a division of sort of variety, and, and almost vaudeville. You know. yeah. The only gigs the Beatles did, you know, they, they came on after a comedian and, uh, you know, some girls kicking their legs in the air and maybe a dog act, you know, <laughs> and then the Beatles would come on. And that, uh, by the end of the decade, you know, it was, you know, rock and roll was high art. Yeah, you know, and, absolutely. Uh, and yeah. actually telling proper stories and commenting on the on, uh, human condition, shall we say, uh, as opposed to just being Moon and June and, and love songs. But um, so they've, they've managed to, to connect up, I think, with uh, you know, the environmental issues, which came to the fore in the 60s with the cosmopolitanism. Particularly in Britain, you can't imagine what, how racist and uh, anti-Semitic and everything else but just casually uh, Britain was before, before you know, the beginning of the, of the 60s decade. And by the end of it, I mean, people were at least more conscious of that and and of course, now it 's moved on you know and we have gay marriage and everything else, which is great you mm. know what i mean. All of these threads sort of have their genesis, I think, pretty much in the 60s. Although there's usually been a bit of it before, you know. Obviously yes. there were nude communes, you know, back in the 20s and stuff. But uh, they didn't last very long. No, absolutely. <laughs>
0: well, it's also interesting because, um, I mean, a lot of it was illegal as well, you know, homosexuality. Mm. And, and, you know, so you don't well, realise what that must have been like. All of those
1: things created communities, of course. Because homosexuality was illegal, therefore you had, you know, much closed, more closed sort of uh, communities yeah. of, of people who knew each other and trusted each other. Similarly, with people who smoke pot, you know, you could go to jail for a year just being in possession of one joint, yeah. and so that made you very careful about who you knew and mm-hmm. who you spoke to about it and who you smoked with, yeah. because an awful lot of people did go down, you know, several thousand every year, and um, you know, so that created a community. So there were all these sort of over, overlapping communities who had a sense of uh, both grievance and also a, a desire to change society, make it more liberal, more open, more just more human shall we say because Britain I mean, I, my, my angle, of course, is mainly the British one. But Britain was very much a monoculture. You know, there was the British way of life, and if you deviated very much from it, you were yeah. in trouble. You know? Absolutely. And um, we had to change that, and Absolutely. I think to a certain extent
0: did. Because it's quite interesting, because it's 50 years. Obviously, it makes a nice thing, 1966. Because your sort of moment was, was the bookshop and also creating the underground press, wasn't it, with IT. And yeah. obviously, 67 was the big Ali Pali event as well, yes, wasn't indeed. it? Yes,
1: yes, yes. Um, yeah, I mean, my, my role, I suppose, if I had one, was was largely editorial. You know, yes. both um, running a bookshop's an editorial statement, you know, which books you choose to promote yes. and, and stock in the first place. Running an underground newspaper, again, you know, it's promoting alternative ideas. Uh, later on, I became a, a writer of biographies and sort of... Uh, Countercultural cultural studies, again promoting the people whose work I liked, you know, particularly the Beat generation, you know, against yeah. William Burroughs, kerouac and all of those people. So um, I've always, rather than uh, pontificate personally, I've always sort of pushed the, the other people to the front and let them do it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but it was, it was
0: quite interesting because I did interview you a few years ago when you did your book on the 70s and I remember asking you about, you know, obviously was curious about the 60s, about why, why did it putter out? And, and I remember your reply was, actually, we all got very tired.
1: Yes, uh, indeed. Oh, but that was it, by the end of the 60s, I mean, too many late nights, too many drugs, everyone was absolutely exhausted and we needed to sleep for a couple of years. <laughs> absolutely. In fact, we slept right through to about 76 when punk sort of, which was the sort of end of that period, I think. Yeah. Um, came to the fore and um, to me most of the punks were, were really just hippies with short hair yeah from you know.
0: from the squat uh, days
1: yeah very much so I mean Joe Strummer after all cast the E-Chain to decide whether to join the clash or not right. you cannot get more hippies no that's you. absolutely true
0: <laughs> but it's also interesting because obviously when I think of the 60s I always remember that I think it's Philip Larkin poem isn't it that the 60s it kind of more starts at, in about 63, yes. 64 doesn't it yeah and maybe it even later than that yeah
1: 64 yes. or 5
0: even yeah and, and what I've also found interesting because obviously as you sort of start digging down there was the sort of nice glossy side but there's also that underside as well where you can see things that didn't quite happen and and the sort of especially the charles manson stuff as yes, well indeed. and so you can see oh no, it
1: went off in all kinds of directions which uh, you know were very bad I mean, yeah. but but that was the whole thing about it it was a period when everything was up for, to be questioned yeah you, know, you questioned your notions of uh, well, beginning with your education, everything you were taught in school—you yep. know—you had to look at it all again and see which parts you, you actually agreed with, and much of it one did, and other parts you didn't. You know, um, the same with what your parents told you. Maybe you know all those received ideas—they may not necessarily be right. Yeah, absolutely. Your, your notions of religion, or patriotism, everything was up for gra- uh, not up for grabs, but um, was being questioned and challenged. And, and uh, in most cases, people carried on agreeing with what they perceived, but absolutely. sometimes they didn't. Sometimes they found major flaws and um, i mean i think i once maybe it was to you <laughs> i said that it it, uh, it was a bit like a supermarket of ideas yeah. and lifestyles and you know, people could pick and choose and, um, and it's true, some of them led on to, to you know, down a horrible you know, road to, to, to Charles Manson. But others led to the ecology movement, to women's liberation, to gay liberation, to, you know, all the, the good sides, all yeah. the good things that came out of the 60s. And
0: were you aware, because obviously you were right there when it sort of the first ripples and waves started to appear, were you aware of thinking, God, oh, this, this is quite something, because we haven't got anything to look behind and say, oh, they've done it like this, because you were very much the pioneer. Did you, did you have that sense at the time?
1: Not really, I mean, because we were, cause we were almost working from a blank canvas. Because yeah, after the war, everything was so bleak and, and so depressing. Yeah. And, uh, the, the, the people who'd lived through the war, the, you know, the previous generation to us, I mean, we were, were exhausted. I mean, we, we were exhausted at the end of the 60s. Could think what they were like yeah. I mean, going right through the war, year after year after year of it. And, and, and Britain was you know in, in the early 60s london was filled with bomb sites still and, and a lot of things weren't available and uh, you know you look at an american glossy magazine and there'll be pictures of sort of you know <laughs> peaches and you know, fruit cakes and stuff and you know it, it, it was amazing to see you know somewhere else there was this land of plenty and we we were struggling you know, yes and, absolutely uh, and it's true that um I think the reason we were able to do things was that there was full employment, you know, and that really is important. You know, the fact is, you right. could just walk out and get a job, literally like that, um, because it, so so people did. Yeah. You, know, they, you know, you could work in a bookshop or do. You, you you weren't going to earn enough to buy a car or anything, but you you could save up enough to just bugger off to Ibiza or somewhere for six months, and then you come back and get another job. You know I mean, it was uh, it yeah. gave people the freedom that uh, that they needed. Really, there was, there was you know. Housing was difficult then as it is now, although it was much, much cheaper. My first flat in London was only £2 a week. (laughs) It did have one floor, though, the whole street didn't have electricity, and it was just by the British Museum. People forget how how things have changed. And do you
0: think this exhibition has has sort of captured a lot of that spirit? Because there's a lot of stuff in here, isn't there? Yes,
1: I think it has. I mean, uh, I think they've done a brilliant job, actually. I mean, they've sought out things that. I wouldn't have even thought of getting, you know, like, well, like the moon rock near where we're standing. I mean, just incredible, you know. Oh, it's nice, and it's nice, know, those it, it links. It goes right across the board, I mean, because we weren't just living in a little bubble in the, you know, the counterculture bubble. I mean, no. it was, you know, tied right into mainstream society right across the board there. Um, and I think it does, excite, it shows how certain things were, were so much more important then than, than now. For instance, the role of of music in society as a way of communicating ideas yeah. which has now been totally commodified and is just like background music really, it's, it's almost part of the wallpaper. Mm. But then, I mean, in the certainly in the beginning of the sixties, there was just two or three radio programs a, a, a week on the BBC and there were no other there was no commercial radio or anything mm. that, that played rock and roll. and, um, that was the and there was only in the beginning of the sixties again there was only one T V station, you know? And then Channel Two opened up or whatever it was called, BBC Two, sort of in the middle of the middle of the decade. Yes, absolutely. And by nineteen sixty seven they were broadcasting four hours of colour a day or something, you know I mean it was yeah. people just have no idea how Uh, how important music was because that was the main form of communication and people really did listen to you know they would play Beatles records backwards to see if (laughs) there was a secret message in there and a New Dylan album would come out and everywhere you would study it you know it's it's going to slip on the secret of the universe you know it was just brilliant it's amazing Um, but it was quite interesting because
0: obviously we've got an an American election coming up which uh, is obviously quite different to remembering the days of JFK with those kind of visions of going to the moon Mm. and that sort of ambition and that really struck me when we listened to the speech earlier that you know the the ambition was quite huge in the 60s, whereas now it's become a bit of a dogfight, which is a bit depressing, really.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's true they were baby boomers, but... um... Yes, I suppose Trump actually is uh, very much that generation. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's it's a complicated business that I, I don't think I can really comment. No, I know. Uh, <laughs> I know. It's a bit. No, of but it, but when you point, I suppose it actually went yes, as as But it, it
0: was just interesting. You mentioned the moon and, and mm-hmm. sort of remembering mm-hmm. that we were sort of doing so many things and looking at the moon, thinking, my goodness, someone's going to
1: go well, there. Well, that's it. I mean, back then, I mean, we were looking to get to the moon, and, and now Trump is looking to build a wall to separate Mexico <laughs> for I mean, it just it's yeah. just <laughs> horrific. Actually. Look, I'm sure you've got lots of other people to talk <laughs> But that's fantastic. Thank, Thank you. you ever so much. It was lovely to catch up with you.
0: I know, showbiz. That was me with the legendary Barry Miles talking about the 60s, as old people do. Anyway, that was at the B&A exhibition, So You Want a Revolution. I hope you enjoyed it. If you didn't, you shouldn't have bothered listening, should you really? You should have turned it off at the beginning. Otherwise, there you go. Thank you. Have a great week.